Welcome to Tactical Permaculture. I've worked on projects ranging from the poorest to richest clients, from inner cities to suburbs to farmlands to remote wilderness, from the eco-war front lines to celebrity backyards. In over 25 years of service to the earth and the community of life, I've learned that in the fight for sustainable survival, growing is half the battle. Go to tacticalpermaculture.com for more info. You gotta train for me Because I'm training for you We gotta love, love And revolution to do You better train for me You'll be training for you Episode 24, The Permaculture of Cardano, Harvesting the Crypto Fall Originally published June 24th, 2022 this is just going to be more of a, a personal check-in update talking about the um, state of affairs at my forest garden in the desert project and um, and how lessons from lessons from this project um, are are really apt and feeding back into my crypto investment strategies at, at the moment which um, uh, you either laugh or cry <laughs> you laugh and cry at this point um, man so much so much fuckery it's really um, it's really a shame So I'll, I'll, I will be pontificating <laughs> on some of that material, but hopefully from a, a, a constructive and proactive um, approach. So I'm thrilled to say that um, I got back from a success a successful mission to resupply on water and take care of some admin tasks that are going to allow me to um, to continue to persist uh, for long, long periods of time without having to um, mess with... Um, being out there in the world with with the gas prices and the all the madness going on and uh i'm getting into this getting into the science of this rhythm and this flow of how much water i can budget for keeping the fish happy and keeping the plants happy and keeping <laughs> keeping myself relatively um clean and hydrated and uh, made some interesting discoveries about how dampening cloths and wrapping them around the neck and the armpits and the groin from the the survival manual survival medicine manuals that I've, I've read really um, memorable illustrations of how you would want to 
do emergency cool down of someone who is um, hyperthermic and suffering heat exhaustion or heat stroke. And um, it really stuck with me and stayed with me that the logic for wrapping the dampen, if you can get it, cold water, um, but if not, at least not hot water. Um, but that those are the areas where the most blood flow that's closest to the surface occurs. So the the effectiveness of of applying moist uh, material that is going to multiply the the rate of um, of heat loss through conduction if I have the right the right term um, but I looked at the charts I looked at the the science of it and it's really fascinating and you know it because if it's cold and your socks get wet or your whatever your scarf gets wet or anything clothes touching your skin anywhere when it's cold outside that little bit of dampness it feels like death it feels so painful and so indicative of like you're going to be shivering you're going to be this this could lead to hypothermia and it's not a joke it's really serious um and that's why it's so critical to to keep dry in cold weather and even more and, and even more extreme consideration all the less stroud to in extremely cold weather not to even sweat because if you allow moisture to accumulate in those conditions then it could be also deadly but i realized that uh <laughs> having um having been aware having been aware of that strategy to cool down somehow i convinced myself subconsciously that because i don't have ice water what what good would it do to 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 soak though that the soak cloth material in regular water if i don't have ice water i'm just going to you know suffer through the heat which is what i did which is what i did all of last summer and it was it was hell i also had less abundant water so i was really conserving the water and i i don't know if i would have budgeted even that however i was spraying myself down with a spray bottle many times throughout the night just to be able to barely get to sleep and then when that would evaporate off i couldn't sleep i'd have to do it again it was hell and now i realize i was foolish and i should have i should have extrapolated that it doesn't have to be cold water per se the cooling effect is it doesn't even have to be dramatic or perceptible really to um 
it just doesn't have to be dramatic. It doesn't have to feel like it's cold. It just has to be doing its job of drawing heat away out of the blood. And in that sense, you know, a radiator is not cold, <laughs> you know, in a vehicle, but it is moderating the extreme heat that would otherwise be catastrophic for the inner workings of the uh, of the internal combustion engine and and associated parts. So it clicked for me and I thought of it. I'm like, why don't I just take now that I have more water, I can spare more water, why don't I why don't I just take normal temperature water, unchilled water and and uh, and soak soak some uh basically i soaked a pair of underwear at first and i wrapped it around my neck and and i could not believe it wasn't you know it wasn't instantaneous but i was like oh my god i can think again i don't feel like my my ears are melting out my brain uh and there was yeah very between 1 105 and 112 fahrenheit temperatures during the peaks of the days for a good week or so and just now for some reason <laughs> praise the praise the divine um it backed off a bit and uh and it's it's unbelievably pleasant at this moment um but yeah 24/7 un almost unsleepable and just totally unthinkable like your brain does not work and it's and you feel sun drunk even in the shade and it's dangerous to even go out and move at all because you might if you trip and fall and you lose consciousness you will be a skeleton uh from the red ants the i believe they're actually harvester ants um which it turns out the Chumash used for psychedelic initiation in a very interesting way, um, in a way that I definitely am not gonna, <laughs> I'm not gonna try unless I get really desperate. Not to say that they were desperate, but they were hardcore, and I'm too much of a, I'm too much of a uh, a wimp um, to do what they did with it, which was put it on eagle's feathers and cover eagle's feathers in in the uh in the ants and then and then a initiate boy would have to earn his manhood basically through getting stung uh however many times and they don't lose their stinger they can sting repeatedly until a, a psychedelic effect occurs from the the stinging in the mouth which i assume it's effective because it it's close to the bloodstream the capillaries and whatnot, but damn, that's hardcore. <laughs> and uh, I would have to get really... Um, my wimpiness would make make me exhaust other avenues before I got to that point, but it is... It, either way, I'm, it's probably how I'm going to meet my fate, is that someday, you know, I will... Um, either, you know, whatever it is, whatever, whatever... Whatever it is out here, when I die, I will first be picked bare by the um, by the ants, and then and then the rodents and the coyotes and then the, the birds. But but that's besides the point. Getting back to surviving and not not being a, a, a meal to the critters just yet. 
Um, what a game changer to wrap that pair of underwear around my neck and just in the shade, even in extreme heat in the shade, it doesn't dry out that quickly. It really stays damp for quite a while. And then eventually I could notice like, yeah, this feels cool relative to I touch my skin one inch away and it feels like it's on fire. And then I touch my skin where it matters, where the blood's flowing through and it's and it's that damp material is very is very cool even though it didn't come from ice water but it is noticeably cool and the night and day difference of cognitive function it really means it means that um that I don't have to be totally debilitated the way I was last summer but it doesn't mean I'm going to be walking around a lot like that if I did really have to do outdoor activities when the sun is blazing out here, I would I would spare the water to just completely drench all my all my clothes and just <laughs> move around quick. Don't go too far away. Make sure I'm within crawling distance back to my little medical. Um, my, basically, living in a med tent of a of a tiny home is what it is and uh you know i gotta think about making sure i have everything i need if i get to a point for any reason where i can't barely move and um you know everything has got to be accessible in that sort of med tent kind of way and um it gets more extreme it's gotten back to that point and i just i'm just grateful that i discovered that uh at least I, I will have more ability to compute <laughs> intellectually. Um, doesn't add that much to my mobility, but it does add to my to my ability to compute. And uh, I've actually got a a comp- I I bought I bought a couple extra like CPU fans, and I wired them up, and I have one hanging behind the back of my head blasting me with what would have otherwise felt like a blow dryer on high heat (laughs) it's ridiculous how laughable it was when i tried using any fans out here and realized instantaneously that it was worse it was just going to chap my entire face off and all it did was blast the blazing heat hot air in, in into my face onto my body it didn't do anything other than make it make it extreme uh, extremely uh much worse but with with this is another amazing factor which is so such a science experiment to discover is that whereas the the sort of um whatever the i mean the 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 normal unchilled water temperature it could feel actually really warm actually feel hot in fact (laughs) yeah it's easy to make sun tea out here but um but even in the shade you know the, the the water can get up to being feeling like hot relatively more than warm more like hot water and um and so it's yeah it's it's interesting to to be able to soak a piece of cloth wrap it around the neck and then and then feel that eventually that that cloth does feel it does it does feel somewhat cool but what's even more interesting is that 
using a spray bottle and having that computer fan hanging behind the back of my neck and my head, um, it's actually it's actually added more productive productivity office time. I, before I could maybe do, you know, a, a, a shortish morning shift before the basically a morning shift of doing a, a little bit of um, off grid solar solar powered computer office work. Um, I could put in a, a I could put in a shift a shift uh, after breakfast and before lunch, but then after that there was just no way. I mean, it just felt like um, it was unthinkable, uh, so fucking uncomfortable, and so miserable to even sit up, let alone try to accomplish anything. I've I've had to push myself through some of that and it's definitely it's fucking gnarly but but m- miraculously having that computer fan behind my head and then using a spray bottle to keep the back of that that fabric wrap moist uh and then spraying the back of my my what's now short short hair it, there's enough moisture that's retained on there that it feels like sticking my head in a freezer while that tiny little DC fan is blowing, which takes hardly any energy to run, but it is on point targeting the back of my head and so much blood and so much energy, so much, yeah, so much um, metabolism heat is generated in the head that's why and you know you lose a lot of it if you if you're trying to conserve it and why it's good to have beanies when it's cold but you know I, I soaked a beanie and that actually helped a lot too so yeah I'm discovering that 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 uh, that while that was good for moving around if I didn't have that that fan on me having that fan on me being able to generate that that sensation of putting your head in a freezer (laughs) it's pretty miraculous and I looked at the math and it's like yeah that's like adding it's so I guess if I'm remembering the, the the chart that I looked at right it would be like having the having the 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 uh Having the 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 damp fabric against the skin gives would accelerate cooling by five times, a factor of five, and then wind chill, which is I believe where the term convection comes in, but I may be wrong. But either way, you go from five times the uh, rate of cooling of heat loss. Um, with the with the with the the still non-moving fabric, and then with a wind chill factor, and I'm sure it would vary, I guess, based on the physics of the speed and whatnot, and all kinds of other nuances. But but damn, yeah, spray bottle on the back of the head and neck, getting in the hair so it stays moist for a while, and then blasting and that just that little tiny computer fan on that. It's amazing. And and it really the rest of my body could feel like warm, but it will stop me from sweating everywhere too. So I'm losing less water, therefore I'm I'm conserving more than I would have been losing in, in, in it's just amazing. It's amazing to tweak this stuff 
and realize, yeah, I could really get a lot, I could get a lot more, um, uh, <laughs> I'm not trying to do productivity hacks and work a hell of a lot more, but I definitely, if I can, if I can use less water and feel comfortable and sleep and not sweat profusely all day and night and feel just disgusting from the sweat and the and the just the swampiness and then and then just the the malaise of that much debilitating brain melting heat all just by dampening a cloth and then if i have to sit up and do something on the computer then I can run that fan, and if not, I will just soak a beanie, and it will do basically the same thing. So it is the inverse of what you would be fighting in a cold climate, and it just makes so much sense. And now I realize how how I should have known. I should have thought that that the it's noticeable when you're cold and your socks are wet or your gloves get wet or anything gets wet. It's extremely noticeable. It's going to be obviously less notable, noticeable if it's not freezing cold, but that degree of difference in terms of the constant of the physics of that heat exchange factor, that stays the same, that, or that, that proportionality we, I, I would I, I would imagine within certain nuances it stays relatively constant so that fuck like if if um if you could use that to your advantage when you really need it that is the point so you know uh, me and a lot of people on, a, on job sites working in the sun where we couldn't get in the shade we couldn't we weren't we you know we were working shifts landscaping so it was just like okay everybody line up getting the hose out and we're going to everyone's that wants to we're going to just blast ourselves and we're going to be sopping wet and it's going to allow us to you know to 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 work more safely and to and to be cooled off so but that was being basically for me that was being on the grid of the water supply in which I am no longer in that circumstance I have to import my water and as I discovered recently the nation state of Iraq is about to go into economic water wars because of extreme drought conditions and um and and i didn't know how much water they actually import uh from other countries so the geopolitics of of being a a dry country and having to having to negotiate the diplomacy and the trade of um of getting water into an entire nation state that has n- seems to at this point have to import all of it, if I'm not mistaken, um, yeah, within whatever, give or take, whatever, that's extreme circumstance, so I, I can commiserate because I can, I don't, the, I don't, the only water I have is what I can, cat, what, what I can catch from the rain, which there's been almost none for a very long time, and, uh, and then what I have to bring in, so it's about scaling that water storage tankage and uh eventually eventually i will um i will have epic aquaculture chinampa pondscape uh rain or shine (laughs) but uh that's gonna take 
Um, that's going to be after Cardano eats Bitcoin and Ethereum's lunch. And right now it's just working up an appetite. So <laughs> that brings me to the crypto portion and getting into these crypto lessons. So what am I trying to do? I'm trying to cut costs to the bone and minimize my my um, minimize taking chunks out of my crypto investment positions to to cover costs and luckily I said it before the um, what, what was what what felt mildly painful to sell to sell crypto to rebalance a portfolio into what I call regenerative infrastructure and what you might call preps but you know I didn't rebalance into gold or even into fiat so much I rebalanced into the seeds and the buckets and the compost and the mulch and the the farm truck four by four the land you know i really did practice what i preached and what i know better to do which is as painful as it might be it's always hard it's always more painful to be selling when you're underwater or in a cycle low meaning selling in the red versus selling in the green yeah it's mildly painful to sell in the green but it is extremely painful to sell in the red for you know big chunks and so I, i'm very very lucky that i made my big sales in the green kicking and screaming and now that were in the red all i got to do is buy is 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 all my only expenses for a very long time are to import water at less than a penny a gallon and factor in whatever else i have to to the the, the logistics of getting that water here and making it last and getting enough at a time to make it <laughs> to make it work out be economically viable um i just cannot fucking believe how lucky i am right now to have made those big it wasn't you know it was um it was a number of trades it wasn't just one giant trade but it was a number of of calculated trades of like this is what i know i need i don't you know yeah i want to hold forever but i also i want to <laughs> i want to a well yeah i want to enjoy my life but as as someone who knows better about prepping and survivalism <laughs> i have got to use this once in a lifetime opportunity of generational wealth that can disappear overnight and i got to at least realize paper realize some paper gains and uh, before they turn into paper losses and um and make that into my uh 
make that basically have build the bear market fortress the homesteading bear market fortress and like no frills you know and literally that's what i did and i i spent yeah thousands and thousands of dollars not not that many thousands but more than i more than i more than i wanted to because of course the psychology is the fool's paradise of who wants to be a millionaire and holding on and holding on and then you blow it and you you know it, you didn't realize gains because you were greedy and you and so that's why the hodl plus bitcoin podcast d ferguson coin term of hodl plus is so important because you have to take profits and when it's life-changing wealth and even if you like right now there was a there was a there was a period of time when prices were going up after i sold or staying sideways after i sold where i would be saying man i could have waited and bought twice as big or twice as better or twice as this or that and then it makes you pissy about really appreciating what you did by when you when you you made the decision to 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 realize gains and all and change your life and it's different for everybody but there's people who ride it rode it all the way up rode it all the way down and have nothing to show for it because they did not realize gains that's a painful lesson to have to go through especially when you're forced to start selling at the bottom and you had the opportunity that is a really painful mindfuck and luckily <laughs> i have been blessed to 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 be um in in two cycles now i feel very good about about how <laughs> about my luck and skill in that regard so I, and and what's so interesting and what 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 i predicted and started to feel is that yeah you know what you those those sort of like spoiled sport poor uh sore loser kind of like really immature pissy sort of attitudes that 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 can haunt you a little bit around like did i sell at the right time did i get what i should have got should i waited longer so i could have got something better um and those little pissy thought forms you know they 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 fade away on their on their own especially as you you really do realize that you love what you bought you know i love this land i love the truck i bought i love the the seeds i bought i love i love the the farmsteading equipment that i that i purchased all little just fun like i used to do model trains now i do this permaculture micro food forest dome garden just it's very um it's very rewarding and fulfilling to put these pieces together and put the fittings together and realize fuck i got exactly what i needed and and it's just the little things the little fittings that work together the hose clamps and just the elegance you get things and to me i'm really doing yeah i have a little bit of solar power but i'm all about gravity i'm all about 
siphon pumps and and putting my own energy into systems where I want to so I'm getting staying fit and 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 participating and not over automating and walking away from my ecosystem I want to be involved I want to use gravity as much as I can so that is very fun shoots and ladders you know really fun um really really engaging um craft science fair type of stuff when you get you get in a groove with hydrology micro scale and working the working the gravity and and just being a miniature god because you're playing god with a with a, with a little miniature planet that would not have existed and everything in it that you bring to life that's life as you created it's like a chia pet to the nth degree you know it's so diversifying in all of its pleasures and when you do that in the middle of the desert it's even more profound because all the wildlife that comes to join in and participate and flourish um because of your efforts yeah that's what i want to be doing i don't want to be looking at charts i don't want to um Yeah, I don't want to be jerked around emotionally by what by what any markets are doing right now. I I'm behind door number 1. Thank you very much in that in that crypto game show that I played and it was like here's your dream. Like this is your real dream. This is the dream that would actually be attainable, the one that you actually deserve. Like if you had um you know a real family this is what you would have inherited something like this you would have inherited something even more mature ecologically as a as a as an ecosystem of of production but the idea of like the american the rustic american dream land to apply yourself to to do whatever you want to do however you want to do it within reason and make a living off the fat of the land you know that and and what do you need to do that you can't just you know it, it takes more than land you need a truck you know you need if, if it's off grid off road you need a little bit of um you know just a little bit of micro financing to do that and that's what crypto and mainly cardano and some bitcoin and some ethereum but mainly lion share being cardano Cardano made that very humble rustic permaculture American dream come true for me and it is like um yeah it was it was it was as as picturesque of a showroom dream come true behind door number 1 this is what you get for Hodl plus cashing out in in the region of the of the high the uh, of the all-time highs didn't you know wasn't it, I didn't make the perfect ultimate all-time high moment trade it was averaged across the uh the green candles over the course of 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 a number of months but uh but yeah I cannot complain and I feel like 
those even yeah i mean even if the price continued to run the fucking beauty part is that if you do not sell and this is not investment advice but this is my own advice if you never sell more than half of your position you can only beat yourself up you can only beat up the half of yourself that sold at whatever time for that half you know so you can imagine half of you held and half of you sold so you can decide which side punches the other side of yourself but the fucking point of that exercise is that if you maintain perfect 50 percent bull bear uh internally then you will always have at any given point 50 percent of your position intact so you can only be you can only be half butthurt about losing out on potential gains by selling too early because the other half is going to enjoy those gains, you know, and vice versa. So my strategy, because I'm so bullish on Cardano, I do not want to, I do not want to end up with half of my stack you know, in one year, you know, if I have to end up with half of what I started with, it's not going to be in one year. And the ideal is to be able to coast along only selling, only selling the, uh, the staking awards. And that's my income. That is the most sensible dollar cost averaging in reverse but not even taking any chunks out of the principal investment because it's what would be a dividend stock uh in the old world if i have that term right but basically the staking rewards in a proof of stake system mean that whatever you bought of the asset when you when you retain that asset full custody full ownership of it but you basically um for any given uh period of time you you uh volunteer to pledge that you are going to keep it in that keep it in place then you for whatever in any given five-day period on the cardano network if you choose to to um voluntarily stake that whatever number of of uh tokens you like that you own then you get a you you get a a a reward back from that between within a few a few percent i think for i don't think i don't know if um if five is realistic because you're sharing that across other actors in the ecosystem but but i i am modestly um calculating that uh that it's about a four percent um a four percent annualized um reward so whatever i have that i hold the more i the more that i own and the more that i hold the more the more obviously that four percent represents in terms of purchasing power in my life and so yes i you know i i i I wanted to go along and not sell any of the principal and just live off of those rewards but but i was renting and i was 
building someone else's dream as a sharecropper, basically, and not building equity in my own land and not owning my own land. So now, having sold when I did, it was a good move in terms of the market cycle. Now I I earn somewhat less uh, staking rewards overall, but the difference is those staking awards are not going to pay rent somewhere. They're going to pay a fraction of that rent in the form of property taxes. And as long as those staking awards, for me, can basically pay my minuscule, uh, my mobile bill, my auto insurance, the, 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 uh, the cheap water that, you know, that I get hundreds of gallons at a time, um, for less than a penny a gallon. I mean, my overhead to live my dream is is so low that Cardano would have to go down a lot more than it is today, which is, you know, it could it, it could be very painful to people who bought in later. But for me, I'm still above water. I'm still way, 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 way above water. Um, does that mean I, does that mean that, uh, that I don't feel the pain of the, of the drop? No, I feel the pain because that means I have to adapt if I'm only, and my friend put it well, you know, he said, here, think of it this way. You, you need to, you need to work and hustle until you have enough money uh, in the money system to where it's like cookies in a cookie jar. Once it gets to a certain point, it starts to overflow and that's what you eat from. You eat what overflows. You do not, if you start, if you dip your hands in the cookie jar and you start eating into that principle, then you will not, you will have to keep hustling. So <laughs> point being the sweet spot is to, is to be able to, um, have is to not basically not have to, not have to work and and, and 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 to be financially free in that the your your overhead for living the life that you want to live comfortably happily with whatever frills you know you float your boat um that you're not dependent on employment and and you're, you're sort of like uh, your salary to do you <laughs> comes from sound investing uh, and, uh, and saving and compounding interest and all kinds of other whatever you want to hire a financial advisor to do for you kind of, th- kind of stuff. For me, I was never interested in any of that. I never had. I wasn't compelled... I wish I would have been now, and for I'm not, for a lot of people, crypto is what is what is what um, compelled them to get the financial education they now know they should have been entitled to, and that it's a crime, a scholastic Department of Education conspiracy crime that that basic fundamental uh, financial literacy was not was not taught. And um, 
yeah, it's it's beyond a shame. It's it feels like it feels closer to a conspiracy because uh, is very much this Wizard of Oz kind of um, fuckery that uh, now people are really waking up to. And thank you, Satoshi. Um, I will say this a million times. I love Bitcoin. I love Ethereum more. I love I love Ethereum. I love Cardano more. And, the, and, and until that changes, that's where I'm at. But I give credit where it's due. And uh, if it wasn't for the libertarian mindedness and the all of the different elements that went into the Bitcoin white paper, sound money and I mean um if only someone would have told me that 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 a libertarian approach on sound money would be the most effective way to um to end war and that that is a as a matter of um as for me as a as a street protesting anti-war activist since i was a teenager i all like i just had a very crude notion of this sort of cartoon capitalism this very cartoony anti-capitalism but if i would have been educated about sound money you know i probably would have been buying gold I, even if I thought it was against my anti-materialist sensibilities, if I would have understood the history of it, and then that would have helped me understand Bitcoin and helped me understand what I feel is the faster, cheaper, better, greener evolution of Bitcoin, which is Cardano, amongst others, but that is the one that I am um, most invested in for a number of reasons. Um But yeah, who knew? In the words of Ben Armani, you can invest in the revolution and get rich doing it. I invested a lot of blood, sweat, and tears in the revolution, and all it did was get me poor and set me back. But thanks to him, that gold and black flag that he fucking turned me on to, it was him more than anybody else who... um who fucking woke me up and um, I thank him ever so much because the dream life that I now have yeah I could have got in earlier you know everything could be whatever grass is always greener <laughs> hindsight's twenty twenty, etc but I'm the kind of guy who wants to take a a fixer-upper and take pride in making it cherry, you know what I mean? So I'm okay with the, um, like, I don't want to be spoiled, you know? So <laughs> the lessons that I'm learning with crypto, it's like, yeah, I get to I get to have just enough to then have to put in immeasurable effort and suffering 
to actually get this ecosystem to sing against all odds. And um, I'm up for it. Because it's, you know, <laughs> legally speaking, it's mine. And I've had way more, I've been spoiled in way more lush ecosystems where it was easy to make it sing because it was already singing. It was just a matter of joining and harmonizing with the orchestra. Here it is very, it's not barren. I call it an arid jungle because there's so much wildlife. But it is arid. And so things that you were used to growing in fairer climates, they just get hammered. And um, yeah, I'm going to wrap up with this analogy that came to me of um, the, the, the exact perfect synchronistic timing of the significant downturn in the market and then a significant paradigm shift that I had in the garden and uh, yeah these are life and death lessons for me everything is life and death for my own survival garden or not I mean just yeah I got stored food I got canned food I got five gallon buckets and 55 gallon drums and everything mylar bags and uh oxygen absorbers and doing the works with that i mean the food i have the food i have the medical supplies i maintain an abundance of water still it's a struggle to survive and any and there's a lot of things that could fucking kill me and there's a lot of things that could bleed me out infect me bite me, sting me, leave me to um, to turn into a fucking raisin in the sun at a moment's notice. So just surviving biologically myself and then <laughs> biologically, psychologically surviving, well, that's what, uh, that's what my podcast is for. Thank you very much. That's what keeps me psychologically alive. But uh, I didn't say... I, w I will say I'm fucking, um, <laughs> oh, I'm thrilled to be alive. I'm grateful. I'm very, very, very grateful. And if my advice would be if you can find a way to be very grateful no matter what. I even made a list of all of the places in my life where I would routinely go to eat burritos and worship the fucking burrito goddess throughout my whole life. And I have that list and <laughs> like stuff like that will get you through hard times, I guarantee it. Gratitude, more than anything else. Just fucking reminiscing memories and... Yeah, I just feel like um, I can't stop giving a standing ovation for all of the people, good and bad, who have entertained the fuck out of me throughout this whole life so far. I'm so in such solitude now I don't have a lot of new drama or 
mundane social anything like I have a social life in my dreams and in my memories and I'm that's yeah that's a that's a spiritual um, path of austerity to explore it's not for everybody but what I find so uh, the, the opposite of it being crazy making is that it's allowing me to really really savor so many different moments with so many people and just just realize like wow you know life at the time was moving so fast um even in relationships and stuff you know things just move so fast you take things for granted and it would be weird if you really sat down and really eye gaze with someone and said how much you appreciate them you would seem like Stuart Smalley or 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 some tantric creepo or something but <laughs> um I wouldn't know anything about that, but uh, <laughs> but sincerely, seriously, looking back and being like, "Wow, there's a lot of um, a lot of joy that uh, and and bliss, and a lot of a lot of um, just moments from from the past that can be uh, really um, like dwelled within and, and dwelled upon in a very a very constructive way, a very positive way, because if it if it resonates that vibration, that's all that fucking matters, you know, and that's what that's what will keep the mind afloat <laughs> in a good way. So, um, yeah. Anyway, biologically surviving, getting by psychologically, and then ecologically with the garden. The lesson that came up that was so on point with crypto was that. Uh, yeah, I have been putting all of this love and water and effort and energy nurturing these beautiful pumpkin plants and pumpkins are like my my spirit crop. You know, they it, so many magical stories have been interwoven with me and growing pumpkins over the last several years. And uh and I eat pumpkin seeds every day. So I kind of feel like if you grow something or if your staple food is something that you can grow and that you do grow, then obviously you become um, you become a, a, a messiah of the pumpkin. You become a I'm in the cult of the pumpkin seed, and I will do anything to get other people to grow pumpkins. I know they already love them; they just don't grow them. And so I'm going to devote my life to the cult of the pumpkin. And then on top of that, the cult of the pumpkin is going to have to fight with the cult of the sesame seed and the cult of the amaranth because there's all these all these beautiful plants that I grow and they're all fighting over over my, my, my eternal devotion. But I try to give them a, a lot of respect and the altar of my devotion is my garden where you see them all growing. And, and so... Anyway, the pumpkin, <laughs> we have been through thick and thin. We're like that. Um, we are that in love. And uh, and it's been painful the last couple of years because the last place I was at, there was so much, bless their hearts, rabbits and rodents and birds like it was such a lush garden of Eden that trying to get things to grow there, there was so much competition. You had to really go over the top with with fencing things and caging things and 
just uh they would just they would eat your lunch so much and it was hard to get but i did get a pumpkin yield and i did ferment that pumpkin meat and i did save the seeds and i enjoyed and was thriving off of that pumpkin meat ferment up until very recently so yeah it, i mean I, I can't tell you how many seeds i planted um that that got uh well that were sacrificial to the wildlife but hey you know i that's that's a beautiful um rival to have you know and and i fight i play and i fight fear i don't use chemicals i don't trap them i don't shoot them if they get it before me then they won that round you know what i mean the battle not the war i'm gonna i'm not gonna eradicate them and that was a problem i've had with people like anyway i don't want to go off but you know it was a very modest pumpkin yield last year and then this year, or actually that would have been the year before. And last year there was nothing because I had very little, very little alive out here in the first year. Now I've, I did put in place the infrastructure that I needed to have this very humble, very micro scale system. And this will be the first real growing cycle through the, the summer months. And, um, and yeah, I was happy to say that I had pumpkins, that I had defeated some soil quality issues and bootstrapped and turned that around, thankfully, uh, with the help of the fish fertigation water, um, really turned the, the ecology of the soil around. And that is so, such a sweet victory for me. And to watch the, <laughs> to watch the, uh, the pumpkin plants flourish so much and then see all these lizards climb up on the on the mesh wire trying to get in there one of them did find a way in and showed me sort of a chink in the armor so i'm grateful and then they got paid their lunch their 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 bug bounty reward was that they got to eat a bunch of those pumpkin leaves but i i i did escort the the lizard out but um but yeah it's a trip i mean they were growing so strong and then once that I guess now it feels like, yeah, that was a, a, a really un, unseasonably early major heat wave that felt like mid-August in mid-June. That was uh, that was pretty extreme, and I I wasn't expecting it, and uh, and neither were the pumpkins. So they pretty much got almost totally annihilated over the course of just a day. And you know, I've seen it happen before. I've come to kind of expect that, but. Uh, but I, I rescued them, I transplanted them, put them in a, in a, a shadier position. And, uh, but I was, yeah, I was taking good care of them and I, I hope some of them will, will make it through and I will definitely plant more and, um, and, and be, with the Chinampa action, it's really possible to, um, to buffer a lot of that that those drought conditions because as no matter if, I mean as long as they're floating in water that water level can go down from the sun evaporating it but as long as it doesn't go down to nothing then those roots are basically getting as much water as they ever want and they can then um, they can then avoid that desiccating effect of the wind and the heat and the, of the sun so even in the shade the wind is going to 
make them lose a lot of moisture. So that is now really fully in effect. I've got the the island gardening going on to where sub irrigation is happening, and um, some some things are growing in the. There have water plants, edible water plants growing in the pond, and I have little um, trays where I have my uh, <laughs> my my soup cans that I I built up a collection of soup cans and perforated the bottom and now they sub-irrigate pond water out of little catering trays and that is what I have going in my nursery and I made a nursery out of the the cab of one of my trucks that is retired now or semi-retired basically because it is windproof and it gets you know uh, I can control the amount of sun and it, ha- it basically maintains a, a tropical climate in there um, as long as I'm careful about mold and I'm using just pure uh, cocoa core as the uh, growing medium in that nursery which tends to be a lot more in my experience a lot more not perfectly sterile but a lot less fungified than than normal potting soil so uh, yeah, I've got uh, I've got buffering from that from this weather, and I will I will um, the pumpkins will make a comeback. But what what is apt about crypto, and I'll bring this to a point, is that um, I realized, wow, the way that I have been trading and the way that I have not been, I had not been religiously meticulously like clockwork selling my cardano staking rewards the day that they come in which makes sense for tax reasons but i'll I'll save that for another day but it's just it's taxed as income but yeah i'm not even going to get into the tax part just get into the, the the soundness of the realizing those gains immediately and not just being delusional about hoping that you're going to just save them forever and they're going to go up and go up forever. I realize that, you know, what Carter Thomas, I don't know if he coined the term, but I felt it when he he calls it a pain trade. It's like got that little, I don't know what the term is for terms that two words that have a vowel that's spoken the same way, you know, um, it's a, a little clever a little clever effect of language that 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 goes a long way for a lot of sales and marketing and meme theory but uh but pain trade yeah that's a cute one and i know that feeling and uh and then i have to think about like yeah you know what you know that dollar cost averaging it works both ways the opposite is to if you have a position then you need to average out if you're not buying then you should be selling and you should you either should be buying or selling on average over time and some people do both and there's strategies for that but and i'm in a position now where it's like i'm trying to live off of my already purchased cardano and not have to hustle a lot and not have to go find a job and just enjoy my off-grid, uh, off-road, online, <laughs> moderate, modestly online, like not hamster wheel online. Kind of, yeah, being my own boss and 
working and doing the work I feel like and not having to care if that fucking makes money or not. That's the joy that I have, but it only works if I average out, you know, and, and I, I was... I was playing myself and I was cruising for a bruising by by not doing the the mild green candle pain trade versus the the extreme red candle pain trade and I realized that you know I would have done better if I would have sold the staking rewards as they came in it's not as it's not as convenient to to automate recurring sells as it is to automate recurring buys. However, there there are ways to do it on advanced trading platforms, and um, you know I'm, I'm getting I'm realizing that I have to get back into that game a little bit. But long story short, those pumpkins being wiped out, it made me realize like, yeah, you should have been now all that energy that went into them. If they don't make it, then you wasted all that, you know, and it was gone, and you could have been. You know, you could have been. Um, not that I'm not going to do pumpkins, but it, but it, what, what it, what it was in contrast to um, was that I have literally like 50 pounds of dried peas, and uh, I, I used to sprout them and eat them as a staple food until I was became fully paleo. And there is some gray area with sprouts and paleo, but. Uh, I don't want to be cooking out here. I don't want to be expending that energy. Um, so I'm pretty much raw except for the sardines that I eat. Everything else is 100% raw. So I'm, you know, I don't, I, I eat a small, whatever, 4.75 ounce can of sardines every other day. And that is technically cooked. But everything else that I eat to survive, mostly um, fermented, uh, fermented garden green and herb soup and, um, and dried seeds, well, dried berries and fruits that I have purchased and imported and, and then supplies of, bulk supplies of nuts and seeds. Those are all raw. Um, But the pea factor, yeah, used to be a big part of my staple diet. So I, I would always have them, you know, and they're great for sprouting and boiling and making sprout soup. And you can get away with that even as paleo because sprouting them changes their, their properties quite a bit. They still need to be cooked, though. You cannot eat the sprouts raw without being made very ill. But they, as greens and microgreens, and of course eating the... the eating the 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 um the green peas that 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 it produces that is uh, still in a veggie form that's not a grain yet so it's it's paleo it's not i mean i i have acquired the taste of eating the tendrils and the um and the leaves and whatnot as they grow and uh and where that where that gets into the analogy to the dollar cost averaging or the or the 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 averaging out of selling I realize is that a lot of stuff I try to plant out here that I would have gotten away with it just cannot take the heat which is understandable and the seedlings 
even once they get started, they look like they're doing so well and then somehow the heat just stunts them and they don't continue to grow and I'm really bummed out. And I'm still spending time and energy and water like hoping that they're going to generate yield. Whereas, you know, the somewhat less palatable, somewhat less desirable, but far more reliable and far more consistent yield that I would that I would get from just like growing the peas. So basically I replaced a lot of 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 growing space and just said, fuck it. These things are like marines. They have their own battery pack built in. They're not going to wither and die easily overnight. They're going to break through all kinds of hell to get to the sun. They are the kind of pioneer, um, and they are a leguminous species. They're pioneering, they're conditioning the soil. I need them to be adding nitrogen and being self-sufficient. They're the survivalists of being self-sufficient. They can be dropped anywhere and they're going to, suck their own nitrogen from the atmosphere and not need it from the soil net benefit add it to the soil and and i felt the same way about fava beans so i've really i've really been leaning towards just yeah the 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 (laughs) the very uh the prima donna sort of very delicate seeds that that uh that that are hard to get them established uh in this climate uh and they're very vulnerable when they do versus ones that um that are just totally totally performing against all these conditions it it, it changed my strategy a lot and i just said yeah you know what it's going to be it's going to be a lot more eating pea greens and fermenting pea greens and um you know, I'll have to keep the arugulas and the mustards and other spinaches and whatnot. Um, basically, really put more effort into starting them in the nursery. And then once they're big enough, putting them into the island garden, Chinampa kind of thing, and see how they do with that. But as far as the dry beds, the dry farming, as it were, yeah, it was a, it was a, that heat wave was a major die off and uh and and the peas have have never disappointed in in being able to establish themselves and with this combination of cocoa core and um very clean compost and enough shade and enough of a little bit of wind blockage i'm getting very very strong uh very robust uh little miniature pea fields going and i can just cut and come again and harvest off of that and uh, and know they're gonna you know i see some of them if they're too far out of the sort of radius of where the the moisture is then they can they can be toast in a day as much as anything else but really this is about getting through that early growing phase and being able to to establish this sort of living mulch and microclimate that that grows from that. So now I'm at a point where I realize, yes, just as my pumpkins got wiped out in in a black swan heat wave, 
you know, but that was predictable. You know, it wasn't exactly that I couldn't time it, but it, but it was, I was expecting there to be a lot of, you know, potential hardship with, with these pumpkins, <laughs> but it struck very acute and that was like a major market drop. And I realized, yeah, that was, the, the that was a loss of a lot of energy and, and, and water into, into the, the death or the, the debilitation of those plants. And some of them might make it transplanted, but they're not going to be happy for a while. Um, and that's kind of like watching those yields evaporate or watching a trade, you know, having to, having to go, oh shit, I'm at like a stop loss point and I've got to sell, you know, a bit of a chunk <laughs> not a not a giant chunk but like a bit of a chunk just to say i'm not gonna be um extre- like there's something in in a trader i i presume there it, it's it's i've felt it in myself where it's just like um it's almost like you know, it's like waking up before you fall, before you roll off the bunk, the bunk bed. You know what I mean? Like there's something in you that just knows when you're on that ledge of what you can, you know, what, what is good for you or not. And, uh, and unfortunately it's like, right, at the, you know, right at the last minute. So for me, yeah, I was like, oh God, I can't, I can't, I need to rebalance a bit into fiat. I need to make a trade now because if it goes down further than this, I'm really going to be beating myself up. But if I do it now, I'm not going to be thrilled about it, but it'll be far less worse. And then and then realizing, but actually, if I, if I would have been more religious about selling my rewards as they came in, I would have been selling them consistently at a higher rate. And you just don't want to think about that event horizon of like, 50% drawdown or more, you know, in when when you when you were sailing along and everything was fine and you did not want to imagine what it would feel like and you were trying to like recover from and bury the memories of of previous pain trades but again again and again and again averaging in averaging out cannot you can only go less wrong, you know. I say you can do no wrong, but definitely less, less wrong. So now I'm at a point where, just like uh, you know, the the painful loss of the pumpkin, and the the humble, consistent reliance on the P strategy, I'm like, well, there it is. That's my, that is my, um, you know my crypto investment strategy is is uh echoing into or being informed by a a, a very parallel world of my fucking forest gardening in a desert where (laughs) an oasis it's an oasis one day and then it's a fucking mirage the next and i'm sitting there wrapped with underwear damp underwear on my neck scratching my head trying to figure out what I did wrong so I evolved that tactic of the underwear I sewed the tops of two socks together so that one so I have one long sock and then I make a little necktie out of 
where the sock ends meet and that gives me my little my, my little wet scarf sock bear market survival fucking beat the heat <laughs> necktie and uh yeah, whatever crypto. Yeah, as I dollar cost average out of my of my staking awards, I will be doing so with that wet wrap around my neck and a computer, a solar powered twelve volt computer fan, um, ice ice cold breezing the back of my skull while I while I do those trades and average out and then go eat peas. All right, <laughs> I hope that's entertaining. I will fucking definitely be entertained looking back on this one day and realizing that, yeah, you want to be like um, putting gas in your Lambo right now or do you want to be growing peas and pumpkins and living, and living the dream and paradise? Cheers.